Go quack yourself. I need a push. Hey, hey, it's not my fault. Who's this guy? I have no idea. Now, boys, now, boys, now, settle down. I understand that uh, there's been a bit of a tiff between you, Connor, and Parry. So I've decided it's time, uh, as the podcast uh, member... I was about to say manager. I'm not a manager. <laughs> but as... Uh, You're the guy who sits behind the desk and mutes us when we say we don't like things. I do. Normally, like, it's uh, often me, but the other week it was Parry, so he got to do a few things and uh, mute me for a while. But I wanted to uh, make an intervention because I feel like this has gone too far. I feel like you may uh, need some professional help uh, <laughs> to get... Um, beyond this and uh, mutually express your love uh, for Thomas on Right on Track in a friendly, safe space. Um, so I've brought in um, a therapist. His name's Bo. Hey, Bo, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? And uh, he's going to help you uh, with your problems uh, to sort uh, out... Are you going to answer his question? He asked how you were. I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> Don't be you. rude, Connor. That's... Behave yourself. See, this... You're the true Captain Pedantic. Just because you're a high school graduate does not mean you can behave like a bully. Now, boys, this is an example of the behaviour that I do not like, and this is why I'm bringing Bo in today, and he's going to help us exemplify how to do a good review of Series 3. And maybe later we'll get him to do a review of Better Late Than Never as well. But in the meantime, let's jump back in to an episode of Right on Track. Hello, good afternoon, good morrow, good morning, wherever you are around the world. This is the Right on Track podcast. My name is Tom Denham and I am joined by Connor Jonas. And Tom Parry. And we have a very special guest in the studio today. Bo, it's me. Bo, Bo. welcome. Our first guest for the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. We're on our way through the very thick of it of uh, Series 3 of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. And, uh, Parry, what are we going to be reviewing today? So, we're going to be reviewing three stories from Season 3, which are Mavis, Toby's Tightrope, and Edward Trevor and the Really Useful Party, which I understand, Denim, you have a fair few things to say about. <laughs> I, I may have one or two things to say about that, but uh, we'll get to it eventually before we do, um, Bo, I'd love to um, ask you some questions. Yeah, let's sure. play 20 questions. You're yeah. our first uh, guest on uh, the podcast. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your passion for Thomas. Yeah. Right. So um, I've loved Thomas practically all my life. If you can't, my, you people can't see it, but I'm wearing a massive Thomas the Tank Engine t-shirt. Yeah, it says silly sticks in the mud. Yep. Is that a comment to us? Or? No, no, no. It's usually the people that try to judge me for actually wearing it. <laughs> it's a good T-shirt. Yeah, yeah it's nice. I love wearing it. Obviously, it's a bit faded now, but it's an awesome tee. Um, so I've always loved Thomas. I had a period where I was sort of like, I don't like Thomas. Thomas is for kids. And then, and then like, I would be secretly watching it in the background, like when I'm home alone or something. I think we've all been through that phase. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been in the war bunkers. We're watching it in the dark period, so we understand. Yeah. And now that I've got a few nieces and nephews, mostly nephews, um, I've been watching 
I've been watching like the series again through their eyes and watching what they what their love for it like right so that's pretty good and then I'll be I'll be like watching casually then my nephews will be like walking in and be like Thomas or one who can't verbally speak at the moment will be like toot toot and I'm like yeah. <laughs> it's a shared passion that's beautiful it's a shared passion and um, I I still have my old Ertl toys that have long since gone out of print. Oh, yes. beautiful. Um, I remember when I was really young for Christmas, I got this massive set with a shed and turntable. I don't know where it's gone nowadays. I know exactly <laughs> the one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that shed is now holding all of the Ertl stuff. Oh. And um, the, the track is gone. I also had... This massive bag that my mum made, because my mum used to be part of this art part in King Lake, which is a state, uh, a town in uh, rural Victoria. Outer suburban Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, so up in the mountains, basically. Mm. And she made me this massive Thomas the Tank Engine bag to hold all the junk that I had. Oh, awesome. And um, the rails of the Ertl set were so sharp, it kept piercing <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. Wow! It kept, it kept on piercing the the material bag, and it had it was had it was this old um, nineteen ninety five or four material, so it had like Terence Harold, all oh, the wow. main what we call the steam team nowadays. <laughs> nice. Um, and it had, I think it had Boko and Bill and Ben and all that sort of stuff on there as well because, you know, they were very popular when they were first introduced. So it was a sort of like, they're pretty cool. You, you see, instead of the Steam team, I feel it's more of the marketing team. Yeah. yeah. Like, 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 especially, you know, early 90s, early 2000s, you know, the characters you saw would be the most marketable. Boko, mm. Bill, Ben, Terrence, Harold, yeah. whilst now it's Rebecca, Nia, Gordon, Emily. Yeah, um, but yeah, I do um, really like the new series as well. So yeah. I've been sort of what I've watched almost every episode, bar seasons tw- uh, thirteen to seventeen. We don't mm. blame you. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Um, oh moving more to sixteen because seventeen when it started to recover, and then I actually got really back into the series around about season eighteen, and season eighteen started really strong and it had the um, rehash of Edward and Gordon. Yep. Yes. Um, and I just love how that, like, still 50 years on, they're still having that tiff that Gordon never says thank you for anyone helping him. Yeah. And I love it how they've given Gordon a more proud persona. He's which, a very pompous engine. Yeah, yeah he yeah. has. It's because he's the brothers with the Flying Scotsman. Mm. It's just sort of like he... It but just but he almost ego. lives in the shadow of the Flying Scotsman, so yeah. he's trying to be better than Scotsman. Mm. And we've since explored that in the show, which has been really awesome to see. Yes, and we're going to actually get a bit of a hint of it in a few episodes later on when we cover Tender Engines. Yes, absolutely. Ah, yes, that story where they couldn't be bothered to finish the Flying Scotsman or they dropped him. Something like that. We got two tenders. That Legend. counted. <laughs> um, the, the, I've heard two rumours about that story that I've either the production crew dropped the locomotive that and just have the tenders remaining, so they just basically rehashed him in there. Or they just couldn't be bothered to fix the engine. Mm. Sad. Mm. Speaking of engines, do you have a favourite character? If I had to have a top three, it would be Edward, Toby and Duck. Okay, and going off of favourite character, favourite episode? 
Edward's exploit. Hands down. Beautiful. The best. That's the episode I most remember from my childhood because I had um, Thomas Comes to Breakfast and other stories on VHS that got constantly replayed um, to the point where it almost wore away. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's a sign of a, a video that's been well watched. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it enjoyed it. So that was well loved. Well loved. And um, I still remember the, I was so heartbroken when my parents threw it away. So, and I had the old like production still of Edward from season one on the front cover. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, so it was like a massive like green cover with just a picture of Edward on it. Because mm. of course those those episodes mostly focused on him. So, I always found that season two mostly focused on Edward. Did anyone notice that? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of Edward centric episodes. You know, Bo, I have a sneaking suspicion that I might have the exact same VHS hiding yeah. away at my house. So yeah. if you ever want a new copy, yeah. you know, come and see me. <laughs> Hit him up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> there is actually an interesting story behind that. When I told my mum that I was doing this project right on track, she started buying all this Thomas merch at op shops. <laughs> I wish I wish my mother was like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she just does that to fuel her like Op shopaholic habit. Yeah. There's a little op shopaholic in all of us, I yeah. think. Well, when we see. I always try to pick up any Thomas merch I find in op shops. Yeah, same. Especially like the old fashioned, like 80s and ni- early 90s stuff that have long since gone out of print. Yeah. Speaking of early 90s, we're talking about season three today, which was released in the 90s. 91. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> see, you should get the new title, Captain Pedantic. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. It's all good. So, let's jump into our first episode, which is Mavis. That is correct. Um, I don't know what clip we're playing this week. Let's just play it and see what happens. Mavis is a diesel engine who works for the quarry company, shunting trucks and their sidings. She has six small wheels hidden by side plates just like Toby's. Mavis is young and full of her own ideas. She loves rearranging things too, and began putting Toby's trucks in different places every day. This made Toby cross. Trucks, he grumbled, should be where you want them, when you want them. Fiddlesticks, said Mavis, and flounced away. So, Mavis, um, the episode is the introductory episode for the character... Mavis. Yes, it is. Who, who would have thought that? I know, right? I <laughs> um, who is a BR Class 04 diesel shunter. And I, w- one thing about this episode that's really stuck out to me, uh, and the Mavis character in general, is that she's mainly been described as a diesel Toby. They, mm. they even mention how she has got uh, six small wheels covered like, uh, by side plates just like Toby's. Mm. Uh, which brings up, again, the diesel versus steam debate that mm. sort of is sprinkled throughout the show from now. It makes sense because the reason why Toby works on this part of Thomas's branch line is because he inherits um, side plates and um, cow catchers and it would make logical sense that they would get another engine that had the same qualities and the same uh, things to help aid them in their travels. Yeah. So, Bo, yeah. do you want to give us a rundown of this episode? So, Ma- Mavis gets introduced. She squabbles with Toby. Mavis gets her comeuppance, and Toby helps her out of the predicament. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's... Like, the the story is quite 
short and sharp, but... But I at was... the same time, it feels like a lot happens in it that episode. It does. We introduced to Maver, she gets to trundle trucks down the line, and... She then... has a little talk with Diesel. Yes, mm. yes, and... Which is interesting, because I believe in the original book, Trainway yeah. Engine, she yeah. talks with Daisy. Yeah. Yes. Da- and Daisy literally knows nothing about trucks. So yes. I, I was about to raise that. This episode brings up a weird error that Diesel knows nothing about trucks. Like, sure, he was the villain of the series at the time, yep. but he's a shunter. And, and, and we've seen him in his introductory episode. He pulled apart a line of trucks and he'd been shunting the yard. Even only a few episodes ago, and Diesel does it again, he was in the docks shunting yeah, trucks. His only yeah. mistake there was not stopping when he murdered a whole bunch of trucks and threw them into the sea. Genocide. To be fair, to be fair, the trucks were rescued, but the clay was lost. True. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a fan, listeners. See? Yeah. This is why we brought him on. <laughs> to, to fix our various inaccuracies I constantly get Sorry. messages about. <laughs> I, I've rewatched when I, I When I was growing up, I... Um, travelled around Australia and the Thomas VHSs I had were li- literally my only friends. Mm. So I've picked up everything about them. <laughs> yeah. I know that's sad to a lot of people that'll be listening, but... Not at all. I'm sure there are yeah. many people that identify with that. Yeah. For example, me, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and mm. watching these videos and DVDs were what brought me happiness. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Quite it always what I did to wind down as well. Yeah. Mm. I do want to point out as well, Mavis is the second female character to be officially introduced uh, to the uh, Railway series. Yeah. Annie and Clarabelle? Well, engine. We're like talking in terms of yeah. engines. Yes, yeah. my apologies. And interestingly, she's also a diesel, along with Daisy. Yeah. Yes, mm. however, unlike Daisy, she doesn't take passengers, which True. was the initial uh, theory with Daisy why she was female was because she was half coach, half locomotive. Yeah, that's right. And a change they've actually made from the original illustrations with the TV series is that Mavis doesn't wear eye makeup and she doesn't wear lipstick. Yeah. No, mm. which I... I've always found confusing yeah. reading that book. Really? Well, just because you know we already know she's female because her name is Mavis, and you know we don't need the makeup to sort of tell us that mm. she's female. Yeah, that, that's what that, the name is for. They're, they're, tr- true, but then you could have names like Alex, which are both male and female. But it's an abbreviated mm. form of Alexander and or Alexandria. Yeah. yeah, or Drea. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, uh, of course, there are tons of different things. But that's one thing I feel is good about Thomas is that female characters they don't need to over feminize them. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. What I really liked about the resurrection of um, Rosie in the latter half of the CGI era when she had a um, overhaul and a new look. Um, originally in the model series, she um, had a eyeliner and a lipstick, um, mm. but they removed that when she had a scarlet coat. And I think that um, is a good sign that not all female characters need to have that. Glam, yeah, um, yeah the, I think the, they the could be makeup their own and, and it's becoming uh, a lot of shows are doing it nowadays. But yeah. like, I feel this was a very good early start of it. Yeah. Um, now, so the the big climax of this episode is that Mavis is wanting to go down the quarry more often, uh, down the quarry road, mm. and then she also wants to sort of outdo Toby. Uh, she even says when she 
is finally pulling the trucks down the quarry tram road when Toby snaps. That's one in the headlamp for old Fussport Toby. Mm. And that one in the headlamp, Mm. what on earth? Earth does that mean? Well, we hear lots of these silly insults and Thomas and friends. I mean, silly stick in the mud. For yeah. One. yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> stick bust in my the... buffers. Well, true. Mm. Bust my buffers. Cinders and cinders ashes. And... Yeah. yeah, cinders and ashes. Yes. But the thing is, there are tons of little comments that really grow in the world on sort of how we have these colloquialisms. That we say, like we talk about quacking here on yeah. this podcast. I, true. I think it's meant to be a a like a like Mavis one Toby zero. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's what, what it's meant saying. to be. Yeah. One of my favourite lines of dialogue from this episode is an angry farmer told Mavis just where to put her train. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I believe the exact quote is just what she could do with her train, yeah. not, not where she could put it, because yeah. that seems a little bit too obvious. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's subtle. Yeah, it's subtle, but that's pretty big, and I believe that's in the original railway series yes, story yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. That went completely over my head until the other day when I watched it again. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I also like to pinpoint of the differences between the US and the UK version of the story. I don't like George Carlin's narration. It's fair. We all well, grew up with Angelus. Yeah, and I mean, we're so star. used to hearing the angelic voice yeah. of Michael Angelus. Oh, yes. And hearing the voice of George Carlin, who was known for his really blue comedic material, which yeah. is quite jarring. And also the fact that he doesn't put... Like, sometimes he'll put emotion in, mm. and then sometimes he won't put emotion in. <laughs> I'm a great Western engine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was... Um, I was watching uh, Carlin versus Ringo Starr from the early seasons, and... Um, the, like, the, for example, taking from um, Duck Takes Charge when all the en- engines start firing their whistles to and, like, Ringo Starr's like, quiet! Mm, yeah. And then, like, with a real emotion, like, he's really angry, mm. which is really what I really like about him. And then you've got George Carlin, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, like, that's that's not emotion, George. That's just a line. It, it, it sounds more sad and just... You engines, you've you, you've overdone it. I'm tired. Just quiet. <laughs> Mind yeah. you, this is a common theme among the difference between the US and the UK versions. I know um, Alec Baldwin, his narration for season five and six, it has nowhere near as much energy oh, as the yeah. British narration does. Oh, yeah. But mm. I'm, I'm going to come to our friends across the pond here on how we have Blum- grown up. Hang on, what pond? The ocean. Which which ocean? The big one. The Pacific. <laughs> Okay, right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. in America, (laughs) um, uh, on how, you know, they have grown up with Carlin and we've grown up with Angela. So, Mm. of course, you're going to prefer what you've grown up with. And I think it'll be interesting to hear from our many fans as well who've grown up listening to George Carlin, what it's like to then make the transition to Michael Angelus and Ringo Starr. Yes, Mm. and vice versa, of course. Mm. Um, So, this episode... Uh, big climax of it. Uh, Mavis is going down the tram road, which, of course, is a nice little detail because it was a tram road in the Railway series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The book is called Tramway Engines. That it is. Um, and then there's, like, a weird little ditch for some reason. Yeah, so what the railway does, or the railway line does, is that it 
goes flat and then there's a little dip just before the crossing. Then it rises up again. And it goes across the crossing. Yeah, and Toby says to Mavis, you know, you don't want to get stuck in the little dip because then the trucks will get stuck down there. You won't be able to pull the heavy train. What was meant to happen in the in the original illustration, the dip is there, but at the other end where, Mav- where the Toby and Mavis wait, mm. there's actually meant to be... The road's meant to continue going on. Okay, that's yeah. that's what's that, that's why um, he says you don't want to get stuck there because it's a, that's part of the road. That's mm. the main road to wherever you, the cars need to go. Yeah, mm. w- w- which is a big tr- uh, change in the original set, which I find is very beautiful in the show. And it's the only time we ever see this as well. Yeah. Oh, it, it, is, it appears yeah. in the next episode too. But it's all oh, right. Yeah, but it um, it just sort of but the actual like tramway spot where and this happens only occurs in this ep- in this story yeah, it, it's like more of a railway crossing that's yeah. ungated and unfortunately for Mavis she gets stuck there yeah she gets stuck there then Toby comes along to help he thinks it's funny but but then he's pointed out on how they're, they're your trucks yeah uh, you're gonna get in trouble so yeah. then he's like yeah I probably should help mm. yeah mm. I, I think the driver more bribes Toby to go and help <laughs> rather than actually I'd say yeah, blackmails really. yeah. because black the um, it's like they're your trucks really it's just sort of like but, but then the that thing was really is, good dialogue though yeah. it yeah. is it's brilliant dialogue um, but then the thing is it's also the driver's trucks yeah so you know, it's so it's going to be on both per- both environments. Basically. It's on the driver's job and on Toby's possession. Yeah. So what is Toby doing in this story? But for most of it, he's not Pouting. doing anything. He's just sitting Pouting there, just like, and complaining. This, this is also the only time I think we get to see Toby's angry face. Yes. Yes. In the um, original series of models. Yeah. Mm. It's a shame because it's actually a really good expressive face. It is. Yeah. Mm. And. Um, mm. I've been point. I was going to say this before. Is this like season three has a very weird way of um, whistles and bells? Does anyone else notice this? In what, uh, in what elaborate. Sense, okay, so throughout season three and only season three, every time an engine pulls in or goes away, it'll be like the like a little deet deet, mm. and that's it. Nothing mm. else, nothing more, and that happens in every single story. And I've pin- I've picked it up. Mm. Uh, it, I know that's probably a really scary thought, but it's interesting. It, it's a very interesting thing. It's just sort of like did um, so. Percy's whistles will be like dee dee, and like Toby's bells will be like ding ding, ding. ding. and then that's it. This is actual railway protocol. So yeah. if you whistle once, it's just like a natural whistle. If you whistle twice, that means you're heading off or changing direction. Yeah. And if you whistle three times, that's the danger yeah. warning. Yeah. But the mm. thing is, it's like they don't even do like long whistles. It's just... Well, it only short. needs to be quick. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's quick, peep, peep. And they only do it this season. The rest is always like one or very long. <laughs> yeah. My bad. That's all right. I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> quick, do the dirt, dirt again. Dirt, dirt. Yeah. And that's another thing where I really like about the um, recent um, CGI series is the fact that they actually they, they, they stick to more rail protocol. Yeah, yeah. they expand the whistles. Actually, totally off-topic fact here, but something I love, is that the Morse code for the letter V um, is the short, 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 long. Which is the exact same for Beethoven's Fifth, which, if you know classical music, is typically written in Roman numerals, which itself is a V. It's the same note. And to add to it, 
During the Second World War, when Winston Churchill created the peace sign, which was originally V for victory, mm. train drivers would, when going through stations, would do three short blasts than one long one to do the Morse code for V or Beethoven's Fifth for victory. Mm. I've learned something new today. Yeah, it's something I like about the railway world. That but is the greatest fact we've ever presented on this show. I think I'm so. not going to lie. <laughs> I think that needs its own glorious moment. Mm. But I do want to point out one more thing before we wrap up our thoughts on Mavis. This is the last ever episode in which they do the jaunty little outro. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you. Welcome to that Acobal. Actually, guys, we can now do a barbershop quartet. Oh, there's four of us. Oh, this makes me so happy. Except for the fact I can't sing. You don't have to. It's like Chief Wiggum in that Simpsons episode. Hello. Talk with the animals. Okay. One of the things I really appreciate about this episode is the production value. And I think we've seen little bits of the quarry um, in Trust Thomas and Donald's Duck, but we really get to see it in these two episodes. And it feels so isolated and different from the rest of the locations on Sodor in Series 3. Especially with the views that we get of the tramway, which is a beautiful set, I might add. Yeah. on how it's all enclosed mm. and then you even have a wonderful shot where you have Toby's hot coals melting the ice oh, and dust. Yeah, that's very cool, yeah. yeah. It's, I, it, this is a wonderful, it's a sweet little episode. So much happens in a short time. I really can't think of many downsides for it apart from entertainment. I could. Well, I think the episode is thoroughly entertaining, but I don't like the way they've characterised either Toby or Mavis because Toby is known for being like a mature, responsible engine. True. Mavis is seen to be, in my eyes anyway, overly arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And she almost swore in the Railway series. Did she now? So in the um, TV episode, she says, Fiddlesticks. Mm. In the Railway series, she says fudge. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm. So I think that's why they changed it. Mm. Just because that's this little end F U yes. blank. blank. That's all you need. Fiddlesticks yeah. is a much better insult, though. Yeah. It's and, a and, 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 and I feel it suits Mavis's character a lot it more. It does. I, yeah. I, I like to see Mavis more as the rebellious teen. Yeah. yeah. I don't. No. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not fond of it, sadly. That's I like her arrogance. Yeah. I, I do like that. That's another thing. Sorry to keep bringing up the CGI series. <laughs> That's another thing I really love about Daisy. When they brought Daisy back yeah. in the end of season 20, uh, start of season 20, and it was genuinely shocking that there were so many callbacks to how she originally was, and she sort of still is, mm. that arrogant little bee, basically. Mm. Pratt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes um and the her dynamic with uh, even though she's meant to be on Thomas's branch line for some weird reason, um her relationship with Ryan is really interesting because Ryan is he's nice but he has a problem with saying no and he's a bit of a pushover while she likes pushing people around. Yeah, that's what I really like about her and they they've really explored that and I enjoy that. If there's anything that the CGI era has particularly done well, it's bringing back characters to their original roots and um, interesting character pairings. Yeah. So we, we look forward to reviewing them when we get to them. Yeah. But I guess we want to go around the room. What are the ratings for this episode? Yeah, uh, for me, 
It, it, it's a charming little episode. It's sweet. We get introduced to a new character. Lots of little details. Details in the set. Even Mavis's theme. It, it's just such a nice little ditty. And it the the downside on how it is the last time we hear the ending ditty. Oh, but dear. it's also the only one in season three to have it. True. So I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm feeling a little bit more generous than you, Connor. I'm going to go for a nine for this one. A, a little bit more generous? Yes, a little bit more generous. Just a tad. Yeah. Uh, so, as I said, I don't like the way they've characterised Mavis or Toby, but the rest of the episode, solid gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a spotless episode. I'm going to give it a nine as well. A nine? Bo? What would you give it out of ten? Uh, hmm. It's a tough choice, because in the end, the story is really short and simple, but the, everything else makes it really stand out the ice well no ice is more than the next story mm. but the winter setting the models the music which I think not only has the last ditty but I think it's also of uh, the end but I think it's also the last time we hear the breakdown theme as well I might yeah. be wrong about that but the, um, mm. I think this might be the last one that, that rings a bell that is yeah. that it is actually the last time we hear that theme yeah. so and I do really like the um, that that ditty mm. um uh, the sh- the shot where Toby has, has to help Michael Angelus going the yes <laughs> that enthusiasm is great yeah, yeah. yeah. like he actually makes it sound like um, he's actually angry unlike certain it other sounds like an actual diesel engine yeah. mm. and which like a quick side note doesn't diesel do that as well he does something similar definitely in um yeah. all the episodes that he's so been I, in I, I feel just all diesels growl at this point because we mm. had like Daisy shaking violently mm. so anyways continue Bo yeah um and yeah I think this story is pretty good I'm probably going to give it an 8.5 okay scale. Yeah. yeah mostly because I just think it just it's good it's short sweet it's something that appeases to everyone. Going back as an older viewer, as well as a younger viewer, you're introduced to new characters, and you also get to experience the trials of an old, previously established character in a setting that's very rarely seen. It's a safe episode, I'd yeah. say. I agree. So, speaking of safe episodes, let's go to a potentially unsafe situation with the next one. Mm. Which is, Parry? It is Toby's Tightrope. And it is another Mavis story. It leads on directly from the previous episode... And we've got a clip to play for you. As the snow melted, the quarry grew busy again. Some trains were so long that Mavis had to go beyond the level crossing. Now for her plan. She would go further down the line without it seeming her fault. Can you keep a secret? She asked the trucks. Yes, 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 they chattered. Will you bump me at the level crossing and tell no one I asked you? The trucks promised. But whilst Mavis was away, Toby arrived. He decided to shunt the trucks himself. Toby's Tightrope. It is the 15th episode of the third season, uh, based on a real event on a timber trestle bridge in the States. Uh, what that event is, well, you need to hear that in the synopsis of the episode from Denim. So in this episode... Uh Mavis uh, persuades the trucks uh, to push her past the first level crossing out of the quarry. As we heard in the clip. Um, yep. But when uh, they get the opportunity to have Toby as their engine, they push him instead, pushing him over to uh, a timber bridge, which um, has its supports washed away, away by uh, the running current of water. And a rogue log. 
and a rogue log, which I'm assuming is from a fallen debris from a tree or something, uh, which leaves Toby swinging on a tight rope of rails. Yeah, and, and then Mavis comes along to help him. And save the day. Mm. Mm. It's a good redemption. It is a good redemption. It's a great character arc we're seeing yeah. here. Mm. But I take issue with the fact that here is another engine who thinks they can trust trucks. Yes. Do they learn nothing on this railway line? I mean, first of all, Percy asking them to bump him into the sea. Then yep. we've got, I think Thomas was, no, no, he wasn't bumped by a truck, sorry. He just was naughty. Um, but As always. <laughs> as always, yes. But it's just learn. Does no one learn? It's the fat controller should be saying to every single engine, don't, don't trust, trust trucks. Yeah. Thank you, There Connor. should be propaganda posters around the circle <laughs> that say, don't trust trucks, trust well, coaches instead. Yeah. Well, since we've got, um, speaking of posters, mm. the the railway needs you. Yeah. Ma- from Thomas and the Tragic Railroad. I mean, Magic Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> that's one that's going to be very interesting when we discuss it. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to that. In fact, we plan on having an entire episode devoted to that movie. Yeah. 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 yeah but we're also thinking maybe live streaming it, but that's far in the future. Yeah. Mm. Many, many moons from now. Yes. Well, let's head back to Toby's tightrope. Yes, <laughs> thank you. And what I love about this scene, this scene, this episode rather, is how they uh, edit the transition from winter to spring Mm. because Mavis takes place entirely in the snow and then we get to see transition shots of the snow melting away, everything turning green and we've said in the past how much we love the winter episodes but seeing the snow melt away there's a majesty to that as well it is an absolutely wonderful collection of three shots technically that Mm. seem to be overlaid one over another that starts with the most snowiest goes to a frost and then a nice green spring. Mm-hmm. If there's anything else that describes majesty to me in a quality episode of Thomas, it's seeing an engine pull a gigantic long train and, a, mm-hmm. and seeing that shot of Mavis trundle around the corner with 10 to 15 trucks of stone is a beautiful shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good little one. I, there's one thing that I... At the very start, when Percy's fighting with Mavis, which I think makes Mavis come around to in the end. Oh, it's not so much fighting; it's more a disagreement, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. she um, Mavis is pouting because she got in trouble, yeah. and Percy's like, "You're the one that got in trouble." Yeah. And it's a very mature Percy we see as well. Yeah. We're yes. so used to seeing Percy as like this juvenile, "I've got a lot to learn" type figure, but in this episode, he's like the statesman. He's the one who's giving advice to Mavis. It's because he respects Toby and everything Mm. that he does. So he's saying, Toby does this, therefore you should do this. Mm. Yeah. Um, The one line he says that Toby has forgotten more about more than you'll ever know. And I'm Mm. sitting there going like, that's like, if you take that out of context, that sounds like he's forgotten everything about the railway. (laughs) True. (laughs) And it wasn't until I I looked it up recently, I'm sitting there going like, why does it seem that he knows more about anything else? Is it the sarcastic line? Or is it just a British thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel it's more of just a parallel on how Toby is experienced. He knows so much about trucks mm. that he has forgotten tons and is still more experienced than your unexperienced buffer beam. Yes, oh. he's still more intelligent than you even when he's forgotten all this information. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting little line, that one. But, um, we should use it more often, shouldn't we? Yeah. In our everyday lexicon. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Connor. Um, but 
This episode, it has got some wonderful shots and sets. So we mentioned the melting snow shot. At the start, we've got almost a point of view shot from Percy mm-hmm. when he's exploring the yard, following yeah. and finding Mavis. It feels so big as it well. It does. Yeah. And Mavis is quoted as being the new diesel engine, which really shocked me because, granted, it would make sense on how she's learning how trucks are, but at the start of Mavis. Mavis? Mavis? (laughs) That's a completely different type of episode. Mavis Mavis. loses it, gets Buffer Beam and shoves them where the trucks are. But, um, um, you know, it says that Mavis is the quarry, you know, owned diesel. Mm. And and now it's the new diesel engine. So it, it's a weird little detail that really threw me off. But I, mm. I guess it makes sense. Because yeah. she's not technically owned by Sir Topham Hatt. She's actually owned by the quarry. That she is. Even yeah. though Sir Topham Hatt is the one that scolds her, but he does take mention saying, if your manager allows. At the end of the episode, when Mavis is asking, can I take more trucks down the line? And he goes, if your manager allows it, you've done a good job. Um, another brilliant set is just the points in the yard. Mm, yeah. There's one shot where it actually says that the um, sidings arrangement was like elaborate and really awkward. Yeah, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's very aesthetically pleasing. I want that siding in a layout. Yeah. I'll make it happen. Thank you. And then, of course, is the big centrepiece of the episode, which is the wooden bridge. Its support's coming away, and Toby's just left sitting on top of the two rails over this raging torrent of water like a tightrope. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's a very good... I love that set. And oh, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the most iconic scenes. Of the, we say this a lot on the podcast, yeah, we do. but it is one of the most iconic Thomas scenes. It's yeah. just because there's a lot of iconic episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we've covered most of them already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still got a few more to go. We do, true. But like we see um, in previous images of it, such as in Trust Thomas, you see the bridge completely intact intact, even in Donald's Duck, mm. you can actually see a tiny crack in it oh. where one of the main brakes oh. is, which means it's always been planned to break. Yeah. It's the same set. I like that. But yeah. the amount of parts that actually break from it, you have mm. the first few posts that fall, and then you have the supporting posts, and then the next shot you have the like side beams of it collapse when Toby's resting on it. And that is a really brave shot to pull off because you've got these big, heavy models. You've got this raging torrent of water below it and it's resting on these thin metal strips. It's really brave that they did that. And also in uh, deleted scene, um, Toby wobbles on the actual... Bridge Um, on the bridge. Um, If you want to find that deleted scene, I recommend finding "Never, Never, Never Give Up." Yes, because that's brilliant. That's what. That's one of the. um, The there's a lot of deleted scenes in that in that song. Yeah, Uh, even from Trust Thomas and all that. So for those who aren't fans of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, occasionally the producers make these music videos, and it contains footage not just from the series, but. B-roll they haven't used in any of the episodes. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite special when you find one on a VHS. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then there have even been a few 
quote-unquote missing songs mm. uh, that have been found, such as Rules and Regulations. Which now has an official music video to it. Yeah. Yes. And What Friends Are For. And What Friends Are For, which uh, was found. And, like, the official VHS-quality version of it is so heartbreaking. Mm. And then the current one is, like... But we're not talking about the current state of music videos. We're talking about Toby's tightrope. Sorry to drag everything off course. (laughs) Don't worry. It was a good embellishment. Yeah, Yeah. and it's your first day on right on track. Yeah. Um, Though if you do if you do go off track again, I'm afraid that I'm going to need Toby to go quack yourself. Okay. So, you won't be as bad as the Signalman, so don't worry. Yeah. True, you won't be as bad as Denim here. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, I think we should come to the scores, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think we discuss what we need to. Um, again, it's an iconic episode. Yep. I absolutely adore it, and I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 again. Okay. Hmm. Bo? 9.5. I'm going 9.5 as well. Yeah, I'm going to go 9 too. Ooh. Ooh. So close. Almost a Donald. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a Donald. <laughs> we need to somehow get a whole bunch of sound effects for this. Yeah. Mm. But now we're moving on to our musical interlude between the two episodes. We are indeed. And this being quite a festive episode, it is a good opportunity to play Headmaster Hastings' uh, latest track, The Snow Song. Uh, he's done it as a pop ballad cover and... You've just got to hear it. It's great fun, but stick around. We're going to review one more episode after this, but in the meantime, enjoy. You wake to the silence, the bright afterglow. Now there's a surprise over what do you know? It's snowing. Look, it's snowing. Little Jack Frost has been busy last night. The island of Sodor is a blanket of white. Cause it's snowing. Yes, it's snowing. Snow, 
Yes, indeed. Merry Christmas. That was Headmaster Hastings with his cover of the Snow Song. And the reason why we've played that is because this will be the last episode that we release before Christmas. And we're probably not going to have an opportunity to probably wish everyone a Merry Christmas Absolutely. before then. Yeah, <laughs> so. not, not really. We, we think we may have a little Christmas thing, but... We don't know. We shall see. It shall be a cracker nonetheless. Yes, but also <laughs> happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, so Hanukkah, um, what other Christmas okay, okay, we live in Australia, so yes. it's just Christmas and that's it for us. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's my blazing heat. Or oh, if you yeah. want to do a Simpsons gag where, like, Krusty does all the holidays around. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, points to them and is just like... This is Anyways, nervous. that was the Snow Song. This is the Right on Track podcast, and it's time to go into our third and final story of this episode. Here we go. It is Edward Trevor and the Really Useful Party, and in the clip we're playing now, Trevor is talking to his good friend Edward. The vicar says that not all children are able to have holidays by the sea, so he's having a garden party to raise money for a seaside trip. I'm going to be the star attraction, chattered Trevor, giving rides to all the visitors. The vicar is putting up posters all about it. I'd like to help too, sighed Edward, but without my rails I wouldn't be much good at a garden party. So, yeah, there's the main conflict of the episode, is that Edward wants to be part of this really useful party and he can't go. Is it the main conflict? <laughs> oh, well, there is a second conflict there involving Bertie. something. Well, De- Denim, you're the one who's most well-versed in this episode. Why don't you tell us what's going down? Sure. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> He's, you sound so sad already. <laughs> so they have the lack to advertise that there's a party on, so they decide uh, to put posters all over Edward, which the Fat Controller agrees to, Edward trails around his branch and line. his coaches and his coaches, um, and they decide to go to the party. Oh, and then once they oh, get to the yeah. party, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, we always forget this bit, but once the party happens, uh, Bertie the bus showing off decides to park everybody in the grass, and of course it's very muddy and he gets stuck. So he calls upon the help of Trevor and Terence to help him out of the mud. Mainly Terence. Mainly Terence. Terence is badass. Mm. Trevor just sits there and looks pretty. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Counts is very out. pretty, I'd give you that. He likes he children. <laughs> anyway. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I... Um, can we just um, explain to our listeners who might not be versed in this running gag, when we first introduced Trevor, we heard about his love of children. Yes, he, he, uh. he, he says in the episode, Saved from Scrap, I do love children. Mm. Which is not something that a grown being, you know, traction Tip- engine, adult or other whatsoever, should say out loud. He's really. a bit of a machine head, so we can forgive him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see what this episode tried to do. It kind of does. Because around this time, they were discussing the idea of what would a Thomas spin-off look like with Bertie, Harold... Trevor and Terence. Yeah, that's true. They were going to use those road-going and air-going characters in the case of Harold to form their own spin-off series in which they go on their own set of whimsical non-rail-related adventures. And this was actually based on a... Two magazine stories. Two magazine stories, yes. Yes, Much like many of the previous episodes we've discussed this season. Yep. 
Uh, they are the Vicar's Fate and Edward and the Vicar. Oh, that's Fate, F-E-E-T-E, not F-A-T-E. Yeah, yeah. Edward and the Fate. <laughs> that's a completely different episode there. <laughs> Wait Sadly. till season I, 25. <laughs> I didn't even know that about the spin-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were planning a spin-off. Um, and from this episode, one thing I've noticed is that, you know... Uh, Bertie is sort of making fun of Trevor for being a stick in the mud. And, like, Trevor's a steam traction engine and Bertie's a diesel bus or a petrol or gas. Powered by some form of fuel, fuel that isn't fired coal. by an internal combustion engine. Yeah, and yeah, it correct. is very much the, ro- the road version of steam versus diesel, which, mm. which I found um, interesting. But... This has a uh, few interesting details about it. One, it is the first appearance of the Marklin engine on screen. However, now he is scrap set dressing. Yeah, poor Marklin. Rest in peace. Poor thing. He was never in the show to begin with, Denim. (laughs) (laughs) At least Puff is still about. Oh, for goodness sake. And... As, As Rosie. Yeah. And... Uh, Diesel was originally supposed to be in the episode for some reason. There's How would beh- that work? I'm not so sure. There's a behind-the-scenes shot that so- shows him with Edward and Trevor and he's looking... Your party is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's a literal party pooper there. Yeah. Um, and finally, this episode, all the way in season three, which was episode in episode, which was released in 1991? Two, I believe. 92, is his last leading role to date. Yeah. Wow. And this is also one of only two episodes in which his eyes move. Yeah. And all the others is just like a face mask with non-moving eyes. Are we talking about Trevor? We are talking about Trevor, yes. He did have a season 21, he had a bit of a... A little bit of a one cameo. Episode. Not okay. much of one, but yeah. he had a small one. Yeah. He had a really good episode in season 22 as well. Yeah, this is his last leading role, though, where he's a main character that contributes to the story Oof. instead of just being the tractor that pulls the thing in the way of the oncoming engine. Well, we have discussed this previously in season two of Riot on Track. It's just you can't do a lot with Trevor. He just doesn't no. have a lot of personality. I Like, he, he's kind, he's... Well-natured, he was saved from scrap, and that's him. Mm. All right, Amy Q, if you're listening, I <laughs> challenge you to reinvent Trevor. And what I mean by this is build upon personality that isn't there and give him traits that perhaps we maybe weren't aware of and definitely do something interesting with him. I think there's something that could be done. Make him a secret spy and I'd be happy. (laughs) I'm thinking more along the lines of, remember what they tried to do with Edward and Rocky? How he had this prejudice against this new technology? Maybe do the same thing with Trevor. Because there's history there. He was sent to scrap because people saw no need for him. Yes. Mm. It'll be an interesting episode if they had, not Edward, uh, Trevor and George in an episode and George says oh we should rip up rails and Trevor's like no engines are our friends mm. <laughs> I pers- that would be an interesting conflict actually yeah, yeah I'd like to see that happen I personally think they should expand upon the Trevor and Bertie relationship that would be fun too they clearly have a rivalry going around that we ha- we don't see much of so that that would be an interesting like thing to sp- like go off on mm. very true I have to say that I'm not a fan just going to put it out there yeah, this episode, it's just dull to me. I mean, the most exciting thing is when Bertie gets stuck in the mud 
And we're not here That's to not see very these. exciting either. No, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's a show about trains. We should be focusing on the trains, not mm. these other little people. It just feels like... I mean, it's nice to see Trevor out and about, but that's like... It's all that really happens. Connor, do you have anything else in lining to say about um, this episode? Yeah, I I completely disagree with you guys. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> no, I, I honestly really enjoy this episode. And I can understand why people don't like it, because story-wise, it's flat. I, I, I can agree that it probably needed a rewrite or two to make it actually a good story. Um, it feels a little bit rushed at times, and is Edward's involvement really needed in the episode? Nope. Not no. really. No. It, they, they either need to stick with trains or road-based vehicles. Mm. I can see like why he's a part of the story, but they don't put enough emphasis on it. Exactly. So, I... But... I still feel it's a good episode because I, I, it has got potential, but I'm not going to be judging it on potential. Why I am going to be judging it on uh, beautiful sets, uh, opening shots. It has got Trevor going through the orchard, and you can see the tiny apples on the ground. Mm. And then when he's talking to Edward, you can hear buzzing in the background. A little bit of foreshadowing to what's to come. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course... Um, you know, you see him at the brand new Croc scrapyard, which doesn't actually make an appearance again till Tale of the Brave. Um, yeah, and when Reg appears for the first time. Yes, great special. The the crane that works at the scrapyard, Parry. Yes. I know. I know you haven't watched it. No, I haven't. It's a very Bill and Ben centric special. Okay, uh, but over context, anything beyond season eight, I take no interest in. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, thank you. Don't. When we start, you know. Reviewing it will force you to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> hold you down and open your eyes. Yeah, Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, <laughs> I personally don't mind season eight. Okay. Yeah, I like it as well. Yeah. I was watching. Um, just to digress for one moment. I was watching. Uh, you can do it, Toby, for like the first time in like oh, ten years, story. and like I had no idea that they mentioned Donald and Douglas in that episode. But mm. I love the foreshadowing or reflection or retrospect, whatever what word you want to use. Um, to Edward and Gordon, I thought that was very nice. Mm. Mm. Shall we move on to ratings? Yeah, yeah, sure. Bo, do you want to kick us off? Um, personally, I think this story could have gotten through a few more rewrites. Yep, because mm-hmm. it just feels like it's, as you said before, it feels very rushed, and it feels some of the editing is really badly done. But I will give it one credit that I did have Edward's season two theme for the last time. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the last time you'll hear his original like the season two previously or theme before it gets updated. Mm. Um, and then that sh- I do love Edward, but this episode, as someone said before, this, it doesn't really need him. He doesn't really need him. Mm. It's like, if you're going to focus on something, at least focus on one part of the story, either focus on Edward and his involvement of trying to get the fate working. Like the title is Edward and Trevor and, and their relation really. to the really useful party. Yeah. Whilst this one, it's like Edward and the really useful party mm. and Trevor and the really useful party. Yeah, two-parter. Exactly. But um, And then even though Edward, in a deleted scene, Edward is in the background of some shots, just watching. Yeah. Just just watching everyone. Just mm. planning. to Just Plotting. waiting for his moment to actually appear in the episode properly. Yeah. Um, so, sorry to go over the board. But <laughs> I'd probably give it as probably a 7, maybe a 6.5... Maybe. 
Connor. That's a very cautious corner. <laughs> I, I'm scared because I know last episode we mentioned how I gave Parry evil eyes, but just then there Par- is no judgment here. <laughs> yeah, there is no judgment, despite the fact that both of you yelled at me basically well, 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 when I on. spoke we're, about. We're giving it a score. That in and of itself is judgment. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment on each other for the scores that you issue. Better okay. late than never. Be quiet. So I'm going to give it a. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. It, I like. I like it. It's got vibrant colours, and we see areas that we have never got to see before. We mentioned in Birdie's Chase and Thomas and Birdie, we see the countryside, we see the roads, we see the houses, and we get more of that in this episode with Trevor and Birdie and Terence. Parry. Well, Denim, I will concede <laughs> that the scenery looks great, so it is visually a very pleasant episode. And sound. And the sound is good too, but everything else, nah. Four out of ten. Ooh. It's <laughs> rough. Yeah, I'm going to agree on that. The title is too long. It should just be called <laughs> The Party or The Really Useful Party, not Edward and Trevor and The Really Useful Party. Yeah, I, I agree there. The title yeah, is ridiculous. Um, Actually, let's add everyone. Edward, Edward's driver, the vicar, Trevor. Terence, Bertie. The and children. The, and the really useful party. Children in caps lock. Um, <laughs> what about the children? <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice to see another part of the island, but it's not really exciting in that essence. It's, yeah, it feels like it's stuff we've seen before, stuff we don't, we didn't really need to see, so I'm going to give it a, a two. A two. Yeah. Okay, so just to recap, Bo gave it a seven, Connor gave it a seven, I gave it a four. No, but Bo gave it a six point five. Oh, six point five. Beg your pardon. And Denim has given it a two out of ten, which I think is the lowest. That is score the lowest. Yeah. That's ever been handed out on this Oof. podcast. The, the, the second lowest is Thomas gets bumped, which I believe was also handed out by you, Denim, yeah. of a three. And then before that, I believe, was actually Better Late Than Never mm. with you and I, Parry. We, I think we gave that one a three, didn't we? A, a, a three or a four. Yeah. Just to, uh, I guess, look into the future, what do we reckon is going to be the lowest scored episode of this podcast? Okay, I'm looking way ahead, and I'm thinking uh, Season 7, Episode 26, Three Cheers for Thomas. I think it's going to be a wonky whistle. Oh, okay. What about the one with the balloon in the season? Up, oh, up, I up love and away. That one. It's got a beautiful theme. No, we're, we're talking about up, up and away. Oh. Is that which, what you're talking about? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Which season is that? Season 14. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm not thinking that. Back high. when they had the rhyming. Uh, yeah, Thomas yeah. chuffed and he puffed. Sad and jealous. And oh. it, I feel so sorry for that clown in that episode because he keeps on re- reinflating it and it just keeps on being blown away. Mr. Bubbles was very sad. Oh. Oh, oh, like, oh, honestly, I'm, un- I'm unable to guess which episode would be the worst because I like being a, you know, optimist despite the fact that sometimes I give the most criticism. Mm-hmm. Having said that, despite unpopular thing, a thing in... Despite unpopular opinion, I'm going to rate Series 8 quite highly again because I revisited that recently and I really enjoy it. Well, currently we're ending Season 3 in 2019 and due to my calculations, which I did a while ago, I determined it would take us until halfway through 2023 to get to Season 23. So and there's still more seasons to come. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how we go. We'll, we'll, we'll get to season eight in due time. In due time. Hmm. 
But in the meantime, all that's left for us to do is, is say to, goodbye. Well, say goodbye, and we've got to thank Bo as well for coming yes, in. Yes, thank you, thank Bo. you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, yeah uh, so we'll update you guys in our little update. Uh, podcast, which we're going to release just after Christmas. Mm-hmm, because this will be the last episode we put out before Christmas and therefore the last episode of 2019 and the last episode of this decade. Yes. When we are next introduced to you, it will be a new year, new decade. and Well, as an episode, we'll have a little update thing we will, after yes, Christmas. But that's a bonus. We're talking that's a about bonus. proper episodes. Yeah, proper yeah. episodes where we're not just chatting without a script even though that's what we do the whole time. Time anyway, pretty much. <laughs> but it's fun. People like it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, thank you both for coming along. And you know what, Denim, you're right. Having another voice here has really helped me. So has this been a good therapy session? It, it has. <laughs> um, Connor, I am very sorry for the way I treated you. And I... I'm 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 sorry I told you various insults that were censored by a quack. Yeah. <laughs> and Bo, if we ever need your services again, we'll be hiring you. Uh, at the tickle of a whistle. Yes, but thank you so much uh, for joining us, guys. If you want, you can reach out to us on our various social media. Uh, Twitter is at OnTrackThomas. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash RightOnTrackThomasPodcast. That's all one word. You can also contact us via email, RightOnTrackThomas at gmail.com. That is correct. And you can also find us on Instagram at T-T-T-E underscore RightOnTrack. Yes. And Bo, is there anything that you want to quickly plug? This is your moment in the spotlight. (laughs) Um... I don't know. Five, <laughs> four, three. Thank you for letting me join the show. Brilliant. Just plug it's in. It's a good though. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry for going off topic quite a bit. Oh, no. Well, we do it all the time. Our, our title is mostly ironic if people haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can also catch us on the Sim website at syn.org.au where you can find all our updates and um, post to the show. And info about us yes but uh next episode we are going to be covering three wonderful things buzz three sorry beg your pardon three yes buzz buzz all at sea and one good turn i am very much looking forward to covering those episodes and that will be released after the new year Mm -hmm. um but next week we're going to release a little update end of year in the future right on track i've been connor i've been parry i've been denim and i'm burr And this has been the Ride on Track podcast. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you.